Hey guys, long time no chat. I'm excited to bring this podcast with my husband as a special guest where we revisit the uh, good old dead horse that we've been kicking, this collapsing dollar, the currency collapse, give you a little update on um, where we're at with that and hoping against hope that y'all have taken up some precious metal and <laughs> taken action over the last two years that we've been talking about this more, more so in the last year, six months, we've been focusing on this. Hoping you guys have already taken action, but if not, please, Lord Jesus, this is the moment. Take action. Prepare yourself and your family for what is coming because we are truly, truly on the brink of a currency collapse. So please, please pay careful attention, take heed of this message, and take action. Pray about it and figure out what God would have you do in this time and then take action. Do the thing. Do the thing. Let's check it out, y'all. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey, guys. Okay, there is so much to go over and so much to talk about. So many things. I'm always thinking of things, but ball season has begun and it has taken up so much time. And I want to, again, refer y'all over to Raising Cunninghams on YouTube because that has been my more consistent way of staying in touch, although I'm not necessarily talking about the things that are going on in the world, I am pivoting a little bit into some more intentional homesteading. And I'm joined here with my husband, Tom, and we're going to talk about why we're making that pivot a little bit more intentionally now. Um, Honestly, I'm behind and I wish that I would have been more intentional all along, but I recently went to a women's homesteading conference and I felt really just that shift of, um, you know, the Holy Spirit really was kind of moving me from a desire for the result to a desire to do the work. And just in time, because as I'm sitting here catching up with my husband a little bit, he started catching me up a little bit more on just the fast pace changes and shifts that are happening in regards to the dollar. And I know we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, so we wanted to do an update, even though there's so much like Nashville shootings and mainly that's coming to mind right now, but Trump may be getting arrested, but then false alarm, not getting arrested. Those sorts of things are all things I've wanted to come and chat with y'all about, but maybe in the next couple of days. But for today, we want to tackle the new movement or developments in the collapse of the dollar. So tell me some of what you were catching me up on, Tom, husband. Well, I just really felt convicted today of, there have been many, many times where I've myself been like, I need to record a video I need to, you know, get this word out and just, I know I'm not the only person getting this word out, but just really do everything we can to make people aware of this. But I have been very busy myself 
and it just hasn't come to fruition. But uh, I wouldn't say that any one thing happened today, just a conviction of myself, like we've just got to say something, it's just happening. And this collapse of the dollar is not, you know, history when it writes the history of this story. It will not be that it happened overnight. It's a little bit at a time. And well, then we've all been talking once. about it for at least a year. Well, this is something that, you know, people like Ron Paul have made me aware of over a decade ago. Not Rand Paul, Ron, Ron Paul, Paul Dr. Rand's Ron Paul. dad. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I heard the thesis and it made sense and I believed it. You know, the case was made a long time ago, um, but these things do take time. But we are reaching a crescendo um, at this point in world history. And it is whether or not, you know, you might be familiar with, you know, the ideas of the new world order and the um, global currency, digital currency, um, those kinds of things, or whether this is uh, an East Eastern civilization versus Western civilization, changing of the guard of superpowers and um, it or a combination of all of the above. Uh, the way I kind of look at things is I don't need to figure out exactly who the man behind the curtain is. I don't need to know the answer to every mystery in order to take action on certain things. We just have to anticipate the inevitable. There are there are times when you go, well, I don't know whether it's East versus West superpower, you know, challenges or whether it's a new world order, global currency, you know, thing that's going to take down the dollar. But the one thing that's for sure is the dollar is, is in its um, final, last final breaths. What are the breaths when you're dying? Agonal breaths. Agonal breaths. And... Um, it's important to understand. I really want to kind of, again, you know, I know if you listen to this podcast, a lot of this is old news. Um, if you're paying attention to things, a lot of this is old news, but I really want to get the word out to people who, and shake some people who are just still yet to grasp the imminence and the gravity of this. This is not this being the shift we're about to experience in our lively everyday we'll call it de-dollarization in the de-dollarization so you can call it the fall of the dollar the crash of the dollar whatever but the de-dollarization of the world uh the united states dollar has been the global reserve currency um for a long long time we there's a term called the petrodollar where in the early 70s President Nixon signed a deal with um, Saudi Arabia, OPEC, the oil producing nations of the world, in, or of the Middle East, to only trade dollars, only trade oil in dollars. And that Is that when we came off the gold standard? Were those things? Yes. That was like a shift we made at, like in one fell swoop? It was a strategic shift, yeah. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of. Uh, so essentially, we were an oil-backed currency. We have been an oil-backed as currency. opposed to gold before that, right? For always before that, from the founding. Well, in our constitution, the only uh, the only 
currency we are supposed to use constitutionally is silver and gold. But we don't honor the Constitution in a literal form anymore. In a million in some pretty, ways. In some pretty critical <laughs> aspects. Uh, we just look the other way collectively as a society, as a country, as a, as bureaucracies, as a government, etc. But that's for another day and another person. But um, the petrodollar has a, what that the way that system worked is every central bank it created a network of central banks around the world that were essentially established in each nation to deal with their nation's currency and the US dollar so they would have to hold US dollars in order to trade the amount of oil they needed for their nation some were big some were small etc and when we sanctioned Russia over the Ukraine invasion, and there's a whole podcast about, you know, the, our theories and, you know, thoughts on how that went down and why and how smart or lucky Putin is. But we removed, we did it, the United States, the Biden administration removed the U.S. dollar from reserve currency status by sanctioning Russia out of the SWIFT system, which is how those dollars moved between central banks to trade oil and commodities, etc. And it's like the great currency exchange. Yes, and it was it was the entire world. And Russia, as we've all heard, if you pay attention at all, represents some rather large amounts of commodities resources globally, you know. I don't know what they are, fifth, sixth of the world's oil, a fifth, sixth or so of uh, world's grain. You know, these things, the, the world does on. not just go without them. The, and I've said this a thousand times. The free market demand and the fulfillment of that demand is a law of the universe. It's why the, it's why the war on drugs doesn't work. It's why you can you can sanction the fifth largest oil producer out of a system, but that oil will still get sold and delivered somewhere. The world will not just not have a fifth of the oil. That's not how it works. And so when we did that, we removed the dollar from the its hegemonous hege, the dollar hegemony, if you will, <laughs> um, where. Everything had to be traded in dollars. Well, when you couldn't trade that oil in dollars, guess what? China said, we'll buy it, but you got to, you know, you got to take our currency. Well, a brief history on Putin. Since the early 2000s, he's been in power since 99, I believe. Since the early in 2000s. In some form or another. In some form or another. And that's a whole other thing, too. He's, he, has, he has that going for him is that he's had continuous presence. It's not a democracy. So he's been able to craft a 25-year-long plan to get to this point. He didn't just have four years to do it. He doesn't have party systems to deal with the back and forth that we get yanked back and forth between some crony capitalism to socio socialism, communism back and forth every four years. He has had 25 years of plotting the course methodically towards this day that we are arriving at. And he has made very articulate cases to all of the members of the globe. And he's come 
to them and held many, many, many a summits. And he has said, hey, instead of everything being traded in dollars, wouldn't it make sense if we all got to share some of the benefits of that? And we used a basket of currencies or we all agreed on, upon one universal currency that we like, that we benefit from. And he makes a great case. He actually, it's its not even an unfair case. And he, also people are relatively un, uh, maybe bitter or resentful towards America generally as we have made a political career of bossing everybody around and using our political clout to be inappropriate in terms of that. We have, if the reason why he would have those summits and generally no one would go along with them is because they were afraid of the United States military. Because when Saddam Hussein went against the United States, it wasn't about chemical weapons, weapons of mass destruction. destruction. It was about his willingness to support de-dollarization and he Iraq's a major oil producer and it was Iraq was a message to the rest of everybody uh we took out Muammar Gaddafi in Libya um look what we did to Afghanistan um and I mean the list goes on and on of times and places where the United States if you step out of our line we realign you and Generally speaking, Putin could only get so much traction, even though he made a good, fair case, an appealing case to these people. In the end of the day, said, well, we just don't feel like crossing the United States. We know where that leads to. But now... But now... We're worried about whether men can have babies or we're just not serious. Yeah, and really we have seen... um, an absolute just 180 degrees turn. Crumbling. Yeah, crumbling um, of... Our military might, like our... Not just our military might, but our our stature in the world. On the world stage, our, for our, sure. our spine. We left Iraq and Afghanistan with our tail between our legs. That embarrassment. was an absolute embarrassment. And that said a lot. And that's going to... That set the tone. Um we also, it's, we're, we're a joke to many, many, many people in regards to how we handled the pandemic. Um, and to some people, if you look at it through the correct lens, there are, peop- there are people in China, leadership in China and leadership in Russia that go, wow, these fools collapsed their economy to keep a president out of office. They were willing to kill their own people in mass. They were willing to deceive their own people, the entire world in mass, in order to get Trump out, get their way. Orange man, bad. And that is, let's just hear me out. That might be the way that leadership in certain Asian countries and leadership in Russia might view. The United States. And as you know, much, much, much has come out about where it came from, how it got there, how it was funded, and all roads lead to the United States, deep, the deep state, the, the very same thing. So, Also, 
Putin very openly mocks at this point, which is so absurd and unheard of up until recently. The transgender stuff, the just the the social issues that we deem so important that we forsake everything else at the shrine of LGBTQ. It is it is in Putin's speeches now that we are so ridiculous that we're so obsessed with these, you know, s- extreme and very specific ideals that are absolutely just unallowed in Russia or Asian countries or you know it's just we are an embarrassment on multiple faces. Yeah, we. I would say more. It's not just it's not like a so much as a like a homophobic or a transphobic type characterization of Putin but more of what he's looking at is they are embroiled as the largest issues pressing on yeah. them are these things how foolish are they because mm-hmm. he knows our economic outlook from the Fed's balance sheet so better awful. than you do. Yeah. Like th- China understands what a precarious position the United States is in and and we don't. And we're waving our LGBTQ and BLM flags and Ukraine flags and on like every in in every country that we have our consulate or wherever. And we're teaching our military these things. I mean, we've all been through. Everyone we're just knows missing it. <laughs> we are distracted and deceived. And we... Pride comes before the fall. Here we are. Let's come kind of jump to the, the point, I guess, of all this. But the reason why, you know, I was like, we just have to keep saying this. We have Sound to get the, the message out. If you already know, then we're here to encourage you to... Please, you know, tell others like it will matter on some level how much time people have to prepare for this. And I really, really, really hope that I'm wrong and we have like two or three or four or five more years because my goodness, you can do a lot with that time. And we live in a time. See, most of us grew up as a generation like I was born in the 80s. Um, We were born in the 80s and we have experienced nothing but general prosperity in our lifetimes. Which sets us up for the fallacy that just because it always has been a right. certain way, it always will be a certain way. And I'm. this is a call to action that you've got to recognize that while, yes, what has been could remain, but everything is screaming at you. Things are about to change. And the United States the United States media is not talking about the BRIC system. And tell me a little bit about that specifically. So when Russia was sanctioned off of the SWIFT system, they had already created this BRIC system. It was just and not... And BRIC stands for? Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. But... Now the list goes on and on and on and on and And it on. is essentially an alliance, like a banking alliance, it's a currency a, exactly. alliance. Exactly. It's a trade alliance sure. in, in how trades will be settled. So no longer, it's like in place of the petrodollar, yes. we are now 
the global agreement is this brick system. It's some, it's something like three quarters of the world's population is now on the brick system. Wow. It's absolutely stunning. And, and, and just two years ago, it wasn't so didn't exist. Like uh, we just hit the one year of the Ukraine war and that's when we sanctioned them off in one One year's time. And I'm telling you, so Let's go over a couple other things. Like these alliances didn't exist. And, and look this stuff up. Like don't just like totally take our word for it. But look this stuff up and learn about it. Go, go research it and, and discover how real, tangible, serious this is. Saudi Arabia, who is who we got our petrodollar arrangement with uh, last year. They signed a military agreement with, Saudi, with Russia. And they gone. now they're signed also a military agreement with China and they des- they decided they're going to start trading oil in the Chinese currency, the yuan or yen. Um, how do you say that? I don't know. I ask you well, that question. The Japanese have the yen and it's spelled Y-E-N and the Chinese have the Y-U-A-N. And I've always just said it must be yen too. I don't know how to speak Chinese. But either way, the Chinese currency, we'll call it the yen. And... Uh, the Saudi Arabia and Iran have signed a peace deal, but not just a peace deal, an alliance. And these are like... It's bad news bears for us. Unbelievable changes to the the geopolitical landscape, which is driven by oil in so many ways. We've reached over the last 60, 70 years a, a balanced geopolitical landscape, generally speaking, for the world's most important commodity, the energy source for the world, oil. And we, the West, have had a monopoly on both uh, taking it out of the ground and trading it. And we're losing both rapidly. And all those central banks that hold dollars... What could happen, and actually I just saw an article, I haven't had a chance to um, read it, but it was called something like Operation Sandman, that there's a conspiracy amongst a bunch of these countries to dump dollars all at once, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about. But that is something that could happen, whether it's a conspiracy or not, because once there are so many dollars out there and you have to also understand inflation. Inflation is too many dollars chasing after a scarce thing. So too few goods. Too few goods. So like in the pandemic, everyone gets their their COVID checks and they all try to go buy TVs from Walmart, but we all know like all the TVs were stuck in the ports. There weren't that many TVs. So what happens? You can charge more for a TV. Because there's a ton of dollars chasing that. This is just one little example. But that's the fundamental definition of inflation. Too many dollars chasing too few goods. goods. So if more dollars are introduced, that's how there end up being too many dollars. (laughs) Just make it clear. Now, we print those dollars. Print them out of thin air. We and now they're not even based in oil, they're based in magical unicorn poop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, might as well. It's as good as that's about as useful as they are. That one right there, you might want to hold on to that one. That's (laughs) magical unicorn poop. Um, 
the one of the ways that dollars and we can see rapid massive de-dollarization inflation hyperinflation is when the first domino falls and people start to take action on realizing the dollar is a dead commodity a dead resource they will sell it off they will get rid of their dollars and take anything in exchange instead of dollars i want yen or russian rubles or euros or whatever which silver we, or gold to remind everybody the russian ruble is backed in gold pegged to gold yeah um and actually if, valuable once that domino falls everyone is going to dump their dollars and those dollars are going to come rushing back into the United States financial system and inflate 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 and it's going to be disastrous and that will be it will be too late that day it'll be and too it'll late. be a day like it'll be that day it, it it i don't see a way that it won't happen rapidly once it starts um now what's concerning to me is not a lot of people have dumped them yet there's been dumping you know people meaning bit. countries yeah that's what i should say and that actually leads me to believe because again we've got to jump back to the russia china east west thing russia and china two countries that have had the same leadership for a long time they've been plotting this course for a long time if you read and understand eastern philosophy eastern military philosophy the art of war those kinds of things like they're in it for the long they're game they're in it That's they their will play. they will wage a costless war for Slowly. 50 years for a hundred years if they know it guarantees them the win with no losses along the way they they are shrewd and methodical and it really appears to me that everything has gone their way in the last year, and I would say in the last two years, but this last year from the invasion of Ukraine, everyone's focusing on how horribly Russia's doing in Ukraine. Guess what? That is ear-frickin'-relevant to the big picture. If, if you understood that Ukraine is only so important. It's a pawn. It's a pawn. It's a rook at best. The queen is the dollar. You're, like, they, are, they used Ukraine to remove the dollar from the U.S. reserve currency status, from their Which global reserve currency done. status. That's not it's already hypothetical. Done. There's no it going back. Done. There's no going back. Now that they've been gathering up three-quarters of the world's population, it was something like more than half of the global GDP is now on gross domestic product, is now on the, the BRIC system. It's unreal, and you haven't heard a peep. That's how you know it's true. That's how you know this is so dangerous, is something, this is staggering information if you understand the ramifications. No one told you. And the That's how you know you should be panicked. That's how you know you should be absolutely paying attention to this. And the ramifications are that essentially we, are float- we have floated way far out over the cliff of the dollar. You're saying like where the ramifications are, there is no... We're on thin air with the dollar. There's no backing. We're just way past the expiration date. Is that what you're saying? 
this there, brick system, the, the fact that nobody's talking about it is, is to say that we are way past due for the crash. If I was to make like a- Not I'm, the economy crash. It's also different. It's not the economy is going to crash. The dollar, different. Sorry. Yes. Ahead. I mean, it, yeah, all things will crash, but the, a metaphor would be the deer that is shot through the heart, but might still be standing but the, 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 it's, done. it's a foregone conclusion of what is going to happen next. And that is the shot has already passed through the heart of the dollar. And it is only just a matter of how long the legs hold out. And it's so important that you look into this. Again, don't take our word for it, but go look into this, ask questions, and please, it once you, if you already understand this, and we we tell people, don't be ashamed to be that person. And what would they tell people? So, a people need to be aware first and foremost that this happened. The and, dollar is coming to an end, is what they need to be aware. Of. Yes, and this is just where it gets drastic. There's no other way because this is drastic. This will change everything. This will more than mark a generation. Like this will make the Great Depression all over again or worse. Like there are... Look at Venezuela. Like we've said, look at these places worse than Venezuela. It's highly, highly likely, unfortunately, that it leads to war. Um, Civil war? No. Like global, possibly, World War Three. More like... Nuclear war? What are we talking about? Basically that... Uh, we will we have Paul, when, when we when we don't have the dollar anymore, which was literally our weapon, you know, we sure. beat people to death it with was our the dollar. power source. We are a massive military might. And will we just fall or will we go down swinging? And who's at the helm of our ship right now? Golly. Um, you y'all know who whoever picked him pat yourself on the back but the truth is let's be honest let's be objective it wouldn't have mattered like to be clear trump could not have saved you from this this was a foregone conclusion even before that now i do believe because by, of the pandemic because of ukraine why do you say because that because the the dollar was set to die it was going to sunset at some point We've been treating it that way, spending it into oblivion, abusing the, our relationships globally, um, becoming a global bully. Was the shot through the heart? Well, Biden pulled the trigger, and and he gives love. Whether I still to this day wonder. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh, how far that's, it had to go. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, the. No, I'm just like, Trump couldn't save us. Trump could not save us from this. It was a foregone conclusion. I do think Biden, and I, I often wonder, that's what I was going to say, is whether or not the guy is a absolute mole for China and Russia. And, yes. And, or whether he is literally just the perfect idiot. Yes. It's, it doesn't, again, though, it comes back to it doesn't matter. You just got to know it. Both options tell you. The result. There's no third option. <laughs> he's yeah. either that or he's that. And 
right now, let's let's talk about what can be done, and it is drastic. Um, Hopefully, y'all who have been listening to this podcast have yourself some silver by now, some food stores. Maybe you've moved out of the city to a place where food can be grown for yourself. Maybe, 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 probably not. Let's just say this, because if you, if you can know how to learn, you can solve any problem. So I'll tell you this. We'll tell you the things we've done or we're familiar with or we know that other people have done, but I'll give you sort of the ultimate key. Look into and research how people lived, survived, and thrived in economic collapses or currency collapses. And there's some great stuff out there on YouTube, on the internet, of people who share... uh, I got to tell you, today... I was teaching the kids about how Hitler used that exact scenario after World War I of a, a massive economic collapse, hyperinflation of a currency to take vulnerable people. And they said, I mean, they loved him at first and they did everything he said to the point of now we know how that all went which I don't mean to leapfrog you, but we're talking about potentialities of uh, digital currency. Like there will, we will be in such a vulnerable position where someone like a Hitler's, anyone, anyone could come in and take a vulnerable people and promise them the freaking world. Like Trump? Hey, like, it, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But let's, let's look into what you can learn about how people survived and thrived in those scenarios. And Venezuela had one happen recently, and they're basically still experiencing it. A hyperinflation um, of their currency. Hyperinflation. Uh, Yugoslavia had one in the 90s, 80s. Who's um, inflating right now? Libya? Oh, Libya, Turkey. Like way inflating um, right now. Inflation's all over the world. Like you just look up some charts online, and it's it's bad. Um I want to say like Turkey's at like, Iran's at like 80 something, 90% inflation. Um, So if you feel, if you feel the government's 6%, probably 14, 15% inflation, imagine what 90% feels like. Venezuela experienced like thousands of percent a day. In the last decade. Um, We have no concept of what that looks like. Feels like. In in Venezuela, um, and I mean, you can look this stuff up on YouTube. You can hear story after story after story. But uh, they pe- there are stories where people, their family members had to come get their paycheck. They would get paid every hour, every hour, get their paycheck paid out so that a family member could come get that and go buy a tangible good like people would buy tires or medical supplies if they could find them, or car parts, anything that would actually hold value because the currency was losing value literally by the minute. So if they were to have waited to the end of the day to get paid... They might as well have burned it. Yeah, because it was not worth even what they they worked for that day. Yes. It's insane. This Um, is happening. There are stories of, you know... 
you know, real estate people or, or attorneys that are engineers that end up like there was one, I, I watched a thing on YouTube about a gentleman who I think he was an engineer and he ended up taking an online, he put his like life savings. What was left of it? Because, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand or whatever, um, Bolivars, you know, only equated to like, you know, $40 of euros, you of know, usable currency. <laughs> yeah. And so he put his like life savings into an online baking course and he was able to get like learn how to bake enough to where he baked for his apartment complex and didn't really have to commute didn't have to now he had to buy flour and things like that but like literally that's how he survived he didn't get rich he survived and he was a wealthy man before this he was a professional you know and there was a... There, which is to say, there's no escaping it. You don't have enough money to ride it out. Like, you don't have enough money in the bank saved up, or your profession is, you know, stable enough. Like, none of that exists. It's, an, it's a leveling event. Tangible resources are really the only thing that matters in that environment, Um and that's why the default for a lot of people is like precious metals. They keep the store of wealth. Um, they're not the only answer. There's a lot of people who say, no, I know beans and bullets and band-aids are more important. And I won't even argue with beans you. Beans and bullets and band-aids? That's Bean, a thing? Beans, bullets, and band-aids. I've never heard that before. No. Well, that's good stuff. Do we have those things? You could say bars as in like precious metals. Bars, beans, bullets, band-aids. Protein bars. Wouldn't hurt. Those don't. Says the Arbon lady. (laughs) You might have to cut that out. Wouldn't hurt. Um, But yeah, it it, it doesn't matter what it is necessarily. I'm not here to tell you do it my way or I'm not so... Buy tires. ...proud that I think I know it all. That is not the case. Um... But there is a lot of people have been drawn to living in a manner in which they can be a little more self-determining and not be near the restrictions that can come down from centralized authorities during events of panic and fear, uh, places where they can produce some of their own food. Um, if not all, if if not all, uh, where they can produce excess to trade, or barter, or share, or sell, um, or even have the ability to have a trade in house. We live near an Amish community, and almost every single farm they grow all their food or a lot of their food. Um, they raise. Um, they have a milk cow. They have a garden. And then they might have like a more market garden too, where they have a patch of a big patch of blueberries or blackberries or a garden where they sell tomatoes or whatever. And then on top of that, they probably have a shop where they or a sawmill or you know something where they do not have to be employed. They're not. They don't have to have have someone willing to give them a job and pay them. They have a means, a mechanism, to. Create provision for themselves and excess. And that oftentimes does require some land, some room, some 
resource. And it is drastic. Foresight. If you're living in a townhome in Livermore, California, or wherever, you know, it is a it is a drastic change to go, I'm gonna drop everything and alter my life and lifestyle because of this event that hasn't happened yet. You're absolutely right. That's pretty crazy. I agree. But please know that basically 97% of your clientele in real estate is doing exactly that. They are paying attention, they are watching, and they are dropping their lives in other states and moving to homesteads in Tennessee by the droves. I mean, Tom is one example, but would you say 97%, if not more, not if not 100% of your clientele, is, is that's the their goal? The vast majority, without a doubt. And I mean, I have... And it's not like, oh, we just want to get back to the land. It's like, no, we are paying attention to what is happening and we are making that move. Leaving family, leaving jobs, doing the thing. Yeah. And there's the beautiful thing is that there's a beautiful life on the other side of it. It's not some scary. Yeah, it's not some crazy, you know, we don't we don't live in a bunker and you know, we're not on the <laughs> doomsday prepper show. Like that is not how we live our life. If you not yet know us personally, <laughs> um, you know, we live a beautiful, uh, we're blessed life of homeschooling and I just spent three hours at various baseball and softball practices today I'm just like you and you know kids moved the goats this morning and raising cows or cows are calving right now and got a sick goat dealing with getting ready for a garden and finishing a chicken coop that's been being built for a year um (laughs) You know, like it's it's actually a really beautiful life for our family, for the kids, and we're not doing it all because the dollar is going to fail. But I tell you what, it is too likely that this is going to happen in some form to not take some sort of action in some form. I don't think less of anybody if they say, "No, I'm I'm fine." It's all good. It's all good. Um, but for those of you that have that tug on your heart that you've been kind of knowing in your gut that you do need to do it, like the Lord's spoken to you about it before. Um, do it. Just let this be a reminder like he has a plan for you. He has a plan and he knows and he's put that nudge there. And he, the thing about the way it works is it takes a, a step of faith you know, to follow these these things, to be obedient to that voice. But my goodness, the the courage if it takes to take that is so worth the investment compared to oftentimes, you know, the consequences of what he's trying to protect you from. And I still marvel because we didn't know Wendy and I are not sitting here saying we knew there was going to be a global pandemic and so we moved across the country. No, we just followed the Lord's plan. Like we just followed his his outstretched hand of come along. 
And it was absolutely terrifying. And it was... I cried and cried and cried. And we were broke. And (laughs) I mean, we laid it all on the line. And not only was the life here so good and so fulfilling and so rich and amazing, but three years into it, the world fell apart behind us where we came from. And we were just in a sanctuary the whole time. And I, I'm i watching, this has been like a spiritual thing for me. You don't think selling real estate's a spiritual thing, but you know, I prayed with my clients today and yesterday. Oh, you know, these, there are every day people are being led here by the Lord and for very similar reasons. And I know we're getting a little bit off on on a topic, but if the Lord is putting something on your heart, just let this be some, you know, affirmation, confirmation that like something is happening and people are moving, people are moving, responding. Those of us, you know, you're not crazy. That's what I want to tell you. You're not crazy for taking action. And there are things you can do. And just to kind of reiterate, the first thing is learn about how to live through these situations because that's more important than anything. And then second, kind of decide for yourself what you are able and willing to do and what you aren't. And seek the Lord's will in that. What is the Lord calling you to do? Not just yourself. And and then have, be obedient. You know, find the courage to... To follow through with that. I have to say, I recently had this conversation with my cousin and he told me, he's a firefighter in um, California, and he told me for years, because obviously my Tom was a firefighter, and when when we left the fire service, we left a pension, right, which nobody does. You don't leave a pension. You stay in those golden handcuffs until the bitter end, right? And we left it, and I mean, we were just, oh my gosh, it was endless, the made fun of, and and just like, not even just made fun of, but like intervention style that our family was trying to do on like, this is guaranteed, this is for sure. And we were just like, nothing is guaranteed or for sure, my gosh, right? And these are Christians that are telling us this. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, where's our faith, right? And I would tell my cousin, because, you know, he was like married to this idea that he had to be in the fire service for a certain amount of years, period, end of story. And I, w- I would tell him like, who cares about the pension? Who cares about the pension? And he would like humor me. But he told me recently, I would always think she's crazy. Like she's crazy. Everybody cares about the pension. Everybody pays attention to the pension. And now, of course, he's, you know, retiring out of the fire service early and and letting go of a lot of that. And he's like, you were right all along. He just recently told me you were right all along. You, You see what other people can't see and you value what other people don't value. And I valued the wrong things and it's cost him. It's cost him. Um, and I, I don't say that to brag. I just say that because somewhere along the line, the Lord has like untethered me from those promises, air quotes, of man, the promises of the world to keep you bound to where you are, keep you bound to the job, keep you bound to the work, 
regardless of the cost. And I tell you, like my cousin as an example, when you take a minute and weigh the cost of what this promise that may never come to fruition, there's a million scenarios where your pension never shows up one day, including you don't even make it to retirement. Like there's a million scenarios. The cost is so great in the meantime, what we're giving up, what we're sacrificing, the including the promptings of the Lord. We're sacrificing the promptings of the Lord because of some promise of a pension. That's a specific scenario. But retirement is the same, you know, like the payouts of our, you know, the I had a conversation today with a friend that's like, oh, but I can't leave California because because why? Because why? And we jokingly said, because the Pacific Ocean. I was like, buddy. The, like visit the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like we're we're so bound to these like ridiculous things that are so of the world, and it's if you're bound to it because God has told you to be bound to it, then that is one thing. But if it is something that you are bound to and it is so in the natural, I just hope that you're hearing my words right now and feeling conviction to just like pray into that. Are you meant to be bound to that? Sorry, tangent, tangent. Good tangent though. But yeah, we haven't even talked about like where it goes from there. But just keep in mind, you haven't been told about this. Because it's happening. Because it's happening. Because panic. (laughs) And you're absolutely right that 401ks will be irrelevant. Pensions, irrelevant. Um the banking system, it will just... We just had two banks collapse and nobody understands why, but we just kind of like moved on with our life because, well, I guess it's fine. I guess it's fine. No big deal. Well, and that's a whole nother thing because there's a whole lot more to that and we could go on and on about like... It's fine. Your money's insured. The, 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 all the banks bought those treasuries at low interest rates and now... Which is why they collapsed. There's, that's a whole nother thing that is a part of it, but a whole nother, a whole nother aspect. Uh, what is that called? A stack of cards or house of cards? Yes. A whole nother house of cards. It all goes together. It's all. It's all coming down. Coming down. But <laughs> um, it's. It's like the little, um, like when a volcano, we just watched Dante's Peak. Great movie. Go back to that 90, I think it's 93. It's a good one. But there are so many signs that the volcano is going to erupt and everyone is rationalizing their way out. We don't want to panic everybody. It's probably nine times out of 10, nothing ever happens, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there were symptoms, cracks, little signs here. People should have paid attention to that. And when you look back, it'll be so clear the volcano was always going to erupt. It was so obvious. Everything was pointing to that. But in the mean, like while it's happening, everybody can rationalize their way out. Yeah, the we just have to. You have to decide just where do you fall into this? Where where do you fit into this? But we we didn't even get into where they go from there. Is is the de-dollarization? Is the collapse of the dollar the way to bring in the central bank digital currency? It probably is, but. The, the fundamental point is both through the crisis and then wherever they're trying to use the crisis to go, to get you to go, right? Because we know that's how it works. Fear, fear, fear. The pandemic was a tool. 
um, to manipulate to manipulate and and so will this be in a way um, this is why I you know encourage you towards a lifestyle that is has more self-determination potential where you if it is the central bank digital currency that you have more ability to decide whether you want to be a part of that it's such a tragedy you don't don't want to be a part of that it's such a tragedy to me the amount of people that felt they had no other choice but to take the jab and while from a philosophical standpoint if you felt that i'm willing to sacrifice my myself in order to feed my children I, i believe that that's an honorable way of looking at it um, I'm still sad for you that you had to be in that position. Um, and that's just the start. I won't, I won't dishonor you because you were self-sacrificing for your children, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, whatever. Um, and, at, and yet at the same time, it, it makes me angry for you that you were, had to be put in that situation at all. And this is another one of those scenarios where you will either feel like there's no other option or you can take action now. And you may have more options. And I'm telling you, I know we're not the only place in Middle Tennessee. I know there are other areas too. We're not just like trying to pitch you on move to Tennessee and live in a bunker with us kind of thing. But We don't have a but, bunker, by the way. We don't. But, we are the bunker. <laughs> but they're a proverbial bunker. Um, we are the bunker people of Middle Tennessee. <laughs> um, but there is a, this whole area. If there's anywhere that can stand up to a central bank digital currency, if there's anywhere that can milk their cows and feed their goats and raise a hog and grow a garden, it's it's right where we live in Middle Tennessee. And there, I know there are other places like that. And find your community. Even if you can't move, even if you can't do this, build your community. Do You've got to break some of the... the the chains of modern society where you don't know your neighbors. Um, the more you can build relationship and build community now, the further that will serve you if you can't go to a more ideal situation. Um, but more than anything, just look into this stuff, spread the word, tell people because I really... They count on our ignorance. They count on our ignorance. Absolutely. Always, every time in history, every time. Useful idiots. And of course, you know, reach out to us if you have specific questions. Um, If there's any way we can help, uh, we would love to. And, you know, just be obedient, be, have courage, you know, don't keep your head in the sand. Like it will be worth it, whatever struggle or pain or challenge it is to change your situation, to improve it will be worth it. It will pay dividends when the time comes. We say this often in my business, and I said it many times in 2020. There will come a day, whether it be tomorrow, a month from now, or two years from now, where you will say, I wish I would have, or I'm glad I did. There will come that moment. You will know it. It will make you sick to your stomach or sick to your stomach for everybody else that didn't. Right. And I did that in 2020. I again and again and again and again, we said, I'm so glad we did. I'm so glad we did. I'm so glad we did. We had 
none moments I can remember of I wish I would have. I mean, I will say I'm having a wish I would have right now where I wish I would have established more of a farm farm homestead already. Like I, that's, I'm sitting there right now going, dang, the Lord gave us this property six years ago and we've only scratched the surface of what's possible here. You know, like I'm definitely standing in that right now. Um, but I promise you that will come one way or another. I have, I wish I would have too. I'm not that high and mighty, but I'm you very, very, I very grateful. I wish I would have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could always do that, but the big ones, God's already gone before. God is good. My friend says, uh, obedience is success. And I love that because sometimes the fear is that the lie of fear is I'm going to move. I'm going to do this, take this big giant leap of faith. And then it's all going to fall apart on the other side. I'm not going to know what to do, blah, blah. And I really believe that obedience is success because we did that. We had no idea what we were doing. No idea. People are like, oh, did you live on a farm before? I'm like, no, I lived on a golf course in a gated community. No, did not live on a farm. I actually, in real life, never, ever in my whole life had a garden until I moved to Tennessee myself. I did. Tom did. That was helpful, but I did not. So obedience give... is success. That's give a credit. That's a Tori Mayhine. Tori, yeah. People know Tori. Her middle name's May, right? It sure is. Why do I know that? Tori Hine quote. It's good stuff. She's good. What's her podcast? She uh, for eternity and until. I've been on yep. it. She's been on mine. Good shout out there. There you go. All right, guys. Do the things. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, we trust you. And we know that you are sovereign over this. And sovereign means that you are listening to our prayers. You are not just in control, which is to suggest that you've already made up your mind and it's all going to go according to your plan, which would be good enough. But you are sovereign, which means you respond. You hear you are moved by our prayers. Let us pray to you and let you respond to us and tell us what to do in this time, Lord. I just pray for hearts to be inclined and ears to be inclined to you and your word and your commands on our specific lives and specific situations. Lord, we just entrust it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.